Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. It's your boy, Mac. And tonight I am joined by special guest, George Yang of the Cleveland Cavaliers. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, heading into all-star break, right? I get a little bit of a break from the action, just like you guys, just from a different perspective. Um, honestly, like I was telling you just before I pressed record here, you are the first current Cavalier I've had the opportunity to sit down with. So if I'm a little over the top, you'll have to forgive me. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Kind of a bucket list item for me. <laughs> uh, so thanks again for joining the show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Glad you glad you uh, wanted to have me on. <laughs> All right. Without out of the way, man, I know you and the Cavs are heading into the All-Star break and deserve some much needed time off. So I'm going to get right into it, if you don't mind. I got some 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 tough questions, some of them good, some of them bad, I suppose. So I'm going to go ahead and reel off with them. Um, number one, why Cleveland? Now, I know you've spoken about this a lot before prior to the start of the season, but for our viewers out there that may not have quite heard or seen you articulate that, why the Cavaliers? What made you choose Cleveland of all places? Because we are not yeah. exactly a free agent destination. Um, You know, I think that's where you're kind of wrong, you know, with, you know, <laughs> free agents. I mean, for, uh, you know, for guys that, you know, want to be a part of something special, this place has a ton of potential, right? You look at the young core um, that we have with Darius, Evan, um, you know, even J.A. and, you know, Donovan to a certain extent, you know, why wouldn't, you know, a guy that's, you know, an older veteran want to come be a part of that? Um, and then on top of that, you have a, a gritty city, a blue-collar city that has fans just like yourself that are super passionate and, and they care. And uh, that's the biggest part is when you can, you, we put a lot of work outside of those lines um, to be the best that we can be night in and night out. And you certainly want to be appreciated. And Rocket Mortgage has been on fire uh, this, this whole year. I mean, it's been unbelievable, the support that we've gotten, even with guys missing, you know, on random Monday nights after holidays, it's, uh, it's been phenomenal. Um, and, Cleveland, they, people try to give Cleveland a bad rap. You know, <laughs> yes, really I do. know it's cloudy. I know it's cloudy. And yes, I know in January we didn't see the sun but two times. But um it it's a it's an amazing sports city. And uh once you get a chance to live there and be there, I mean it 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 is a destination. I know it's not like LA or you know, like Miami, but it has its perks and uh and the positive aspects of why Cleveland's such a great city. That's something that you love to hear from somebody like in your position who came in as a free agent, right? Like you, I'm sure you had other offers to choose from and whatnot. And the fact that you view Cleveland that way and you saw that as the best fit, that that's cool to hear, man. I really do appreciate that. Uh, next question. I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not. I'm sure you are. I'm sure people point this out to you every now and then, but you and Max Struess are among the NBA's leader in technical fouls drawn so far this season. Uh, Max has nine, which places him at fourth in the Eastern Conference. And uh, and you you yourself have seven, which, you know, you're right yeah. up there. So you play with such a fiery and, and loud you know, passion to you. It's one of the things that I most enjoy about watching you play out there, honestly. And it's it's something that I've enjoyed seeing you bring to this Cavaliers team, because frankly, I just felt like there were certain points last year, where we just didn't have that. Like it was, you had certain guys where you could see it come out and seep out at certain moments of the season, but it, 
you play with a lot of passion out there. Where does that come from? And do you do you feel like you've always played with with such a passion? And, and is there a proverbial chip on your shoulder or something? Yeah, I mean, I've played that way, you know, my whole career. I mean, I we've probably just followed the Cavs the whole time, but my my whole career, that's you know how I've played, and um, and uh, you know, it's just something that you know I've always played with a chip on my shoulder and. I mean, you you probably can see it. You know, a lot of people try to ride me off and try and say what I don't, what I do and what I don't do. And if he could do this and this, that, and the other. So that's just fuel to the fire, right? And uh, so that's something that always keeps me intense, motivated, being tenacious on the court. And as for technical fouls, they happen, right? You know, right, right. Um, I don't, you don't want to hurt your team. I try to avoid getting them in the fourth quarter, obviously. Uh, last game was a moment where it was like there was a moment where I could have backed down, but that was a moment where I wasn't going to let that happen. I think the way the energy or the way the game was going, you know, Kobe White's a great player. He doesn't need to throw his head back every time that he gets bumped and has <laughs> to get a foul. And, you know, then he decided to be upset and push me. So, you know, I'm going to stand my ground. And, you know, it was nothing more than that. I mean, there's no ill will. The game didn't get out of hand. Um, but those are the intense moments that you have to be ready to let the other team know, like we're not backing down and it doesn't matter what you thought or what you're thinking. Um, we're not backing down, but as for me, um, you know, I think people get off by, you know, saying he can't do this. He can't do that because I don't look the part. Well, with everything that's gone on, we, you know, we've won 20 out of however many games and I've played however many minutes and we're winning and, you know, you, you can't control the narrative or what people say, but, you know, I think I've won a lot of games in the NBA. I've been lucky to play alongside a lot of great players and I'm available every night. I play every night and I try to compete at a high level and win. And if people don't want to take that for what it's worth, then that's on them. But I know every team that I'm on, we win. And I think that's the goal of being a part of a team. It doesn't matter if my stats are the sexiest or maybe if I had muscles poking out you know, like another player, but I, I don't, but I still have found a way my whole career and I'm 30 years old now to win games and be a winner. And that's all I'm looking to do and bring to the table. Man, I love that. Now with this one, I really want you to be candid because oftentimes, you know, fans, including myself, I'm totally guilty of this too. We have a tendency to view celebrities, athletes, you know, just famous people in general as something more than human uh, it seeps through in, in in many different forms, whether we're giving our takes, our opinions, anything of that nature. And sometimes things can be said that only not only leave out the human element, but some, can sometimes just flat out be rude or just non-factual. As a professional athlete, how much of an impact does social media and the things that are said about you on said social media flat, uh, platforms have on you during the duration of a season? Like, do you take it seriously and can it be a motivational tool? Um, that's funny. Cause, uh, you know, some people take it, you know, to that extreme and, and really like focus on it and really get down about it. Uh, but you know, I was, you know, one time I came out after a game, I think I had a, a rough outing, right. And fans were shooting free throws, you know, on the court. And someone said to me, you know, these are the same people that are tweeting, you know, how bad you are. And I watched fans airball, shoot it over the backboard. <laughs> so you know, everyone's allowed to have their opinion, right? And and I'm totally okay with that. But if they only knew the man hours and the film and how much time I've spent 
doing this. If you think I'm trying to go out there and, and not play well, you're, you're fooling yourself. Right. You know, there's a lot of other variables that go into this, whether it's, you know, flying, you know, getting in late to a city, but at the same time, those people don't know, don't know what they're talking about. And that's no disrespect to you. I know you watch a lot of Cavs hoops and I'm sure, you know, you have your own opinions about things, but there's so many little behind the scenes things that nobody has no idea about unless you're in on it. Like you talk about like the buyout market, like people are like, why don't we go get this guy? Why don't we do this guy? It's like, we are second in the East. Right. And nobody's satisfied with that. Nobody at all. <laughs> we still feel like we have a lot of work to cut out, but yeah, everybody's like, Oh, well, we still need to improve or it's just like, guys, like teams are put together to be teams. Not like you can't just go add individuals. I know like you look at every team that's tried to add superstars or just right. pitch guys together. And like, has it really worked? I don't know. Like you, you tell me Denver won last year. Um, the year before that it was golden state, you know, and those teams aren't just piecing people. Like this they is develop, a process. They develop talent. They like, add what? key veteran additions. You know, they, they do the th these things over the course of time. Oftentimes it's not yeah. just an instant Exactly. And you look at the progression of the Cavs. It was like lost in the play in game. Then we're fourth in the East and probably would have been higher than that. Um, if they didn't have that, it, all those injuries at the end of the year where they, I think it dropped like six or six out of seven games. And then this year now we're, you know, looking to finish higher than that. It's, it's a growth progression and everybody's like, well, and then LeBron this and LeBron that. And it's like, <laughs> LeBron was amazing for the Cavs. You can't take anything away from that. But when you look at it from a team aspect, like who hit the game-winning shot for them to win? Kyrie Irving. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Steph Curry won a championship. Guess who won MVP one year? Andre Iguodala. Like, there's just so many pieces that go into this. Like, yes, it's so amazing that we have all this depth and we can play so many different ways that people have to realize, like, this is an ongoing process. So when Kobe talks, when JB talks, when the players talk, it's we're building to build something like great and, and over a long period of time. And you want us to just like burn assets and go sign. And it's like, I shouldn't even be addressing this, mm -hmm. but I just feel like just to give like a human aspect to where you can't just like magically be like, Oh, we should go do this. Like there's rules behind all this stuff. And there's chemistry in a locker room that nobody even knows about because they're on the outside looking in. No, I truly appreciate that because I've always wondered that from just like an, from an athlete standpoint, somebody who is in the position of yourself and just on a personal level, I was genuinely curious to say, because you and I actually had a funny back and forth about this rather recently where I, uh, no lie, just to provide context, I posted my potential playoff rotation and I did not include you in it. I left you out of it. And the literally the same day that I do that, you go out put the bad shooting slump behind you and you have a pretty big game. And I'm just thinking to myself, my God, like this, it's, it's funny how these things can play out because as fans, we're impatient as hell. You guys put in a lot of work. Uh, you know, that, that does not go unnoticed and whatnot. So sometimes we can fly off at the handle with some of these takes, but uh, I just found that comical it, just on a personal level to see you go out and do that. Cause it, immediately I was like, yeah, well, you, damn, you motivated me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, as much as I'd like to take credit for that performance that you had, I can't, man. Like we we know that you're capable of of having big time performances like that. And in that line of thought, like you had a you had a massive game earlier this season where you were absolutely unconscious from the field in a 135 to 95 victory 
over the Milwaukee Bucks, in which you scored a career-best 33 points on 13 of 14 from the field and drilled five triples in the process. Now, my question for you is when you are in the midst of a game like that, like from a mental standpoint, when do you know it's going to be a good night and to keep shooting that damn ball? Because you had like 20 points and were eight of eight from the field in the first half alone. Yeah, I was just in a zone, to be honest with you. I just remember my first bucket being a floater, and then I think I hit a fall away to end the quarter. And uh, and then the ball was flying around, and I made a couple threes. And then by then, I was like, oh, shoot, like I'm six for six. And then I was like, oh, you know, I'm really rolling. And then when I looked up, I was like, oh, I haven't missed a shot, and I have 20 points in the first half. And then Is it know, as we simple were... as just seeing a couple of shots go in, though? Like, do, do you just start heat checking at that, at that point? I mean, I, I think, you know, there was one – the shot that I missed was a shot that, like, I, pro- I was a step back in the corner. You know, that was probably one I could have held off on. But I just think those are all shots that I've practiced and worked on. And when you get in that zone, you know, the ball's finding you. And we had a substantial lead. So there's, you know, there's more opportunity to to be out there. And let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, it was an awesome night for me. But, you know, my teammates did an amazing job of getting me the ball. And, uh, you know, we were up by, uh, you know, a large amount. You know, there wasn't too much pressure obviously it's not easy to do that but you know this is what you practice and work for it's like i'm not out there in every single play you know getting you know i I do my job i show up i you know try and play make for others try and drive to the rim make open shots um i'm not out there trying to score 30 plus points uh every single night but people also need to realize like the guys that know their role and play their role aren't bombs so uh (laughs) You know, I think, you know, for the most part, um, it was an amazing feeling. Uh, it was really cool to have that moment. But I think it was even better. That was just another day to stack on the the amazing progress that these, this team has made. You know, even when, you know, people were rot, riding us off because, you know, Evan and DG, uh, you know, were going to be up for a substantial amount of time. Yeah, I mean, you played a big role in that during that stretch. You and Dean Wade, you know, guys who presumably, you know, know the role that they're in and they 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 do very well at that. And that's something that I feel like all championship type contenders need to have. So I, I truly do appreciate your contributions in that regard. Um, not, Next up, I got kind of a stat here for you. You, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. You have made 89 total triples this season already. That is already the third most on the season for Cleveland right behind Struess and Donovan Mitchell and are just three triples away from cracking the top 50 in career three-pointers in Cavaliers history. And you've played for the team for just over 53 games. That is absurd to me. And it should also be noted that your current teammates, Donovan, Darius, uh, Max, Karras, Isaac Dean, and most recently, Sam Merrill are all also in the top 50. That's that's probably even more so absurd now, just to just to provide a little bit of clarity here, the Cleveland Cavaliers as a franchise have been around for over 53 plus years and have seen some of the most talented players ever suit up for them, whether it be LeBron, Kyrie Irving, Mark Price, Brad Doherty, Kevin Love, Donovan Mitchell, um, and so on and so forth. And you yourself, uh, you, you're putting yourself in the record books for them already, despite only being here one year. Uh, when you hear things like that and you find yourself in a position to be among the career leaders in a very important category like that, how does that make you feel? 
Um, to be honest with you, I pay zero attention to that. <laughs> I kind of figured. You know, you know what category I want to be in? The the one banner that they have up there that says 2016 NBA World Champions. You get put in that one. That's an even smaller um, fraternity. And I think that's that's all I'm thinking about, right? Like I, I signed to be here long term because I believe in what was being built here. And I think everybody saw it. Like the young talent that they have, it, it was never easy you know, playing against guys like Darius and I played alongside Donovan. So I know what to expect. And then, you know, you, you hear that, you know, Max is interested in coming here and, you know, there's just so many good things about what's going on in the Cavaliers organization that why wouldn't you want to be a part of this? And, you know, this is just the beginning right now. And we're all striving, you know, to finish out the rest of the regular season strong. I think all of us are going to use this, all-star break to regroup and refresh and then uh you know we're gonna attack these next 29 games i think that's what it is and then get ready to prove uh what we've been waiting to prove since we signed and since you know the, the guys that were here last year were eliminated and that's to show that we're a team that's built to last and uh hopefully me saying that you know gives gives fans or whoever's watching this Confidence, because that's what we're focused on. Yeah, it's it's awesome, you know, winning eighteen out of twenty or whatever it was. I don't even, I don't even know because it's just like we're just trying to stack good days and trying to get a little bit better, you know, as we get towards the end of the regular season. Um, but we're building for something long term here, and that's why you know the guys that decided to come here signed long term deals because we believe in what's going on. Man, I love it. <laughs> I thought I'd get you with that one. I thought maybe. Uh, that was actually going to be my second question about how much stock you put into holding records, but just it just sounds like you're completely team focused, which is something that we 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 love to hear. Um, yeah. Now, in that same line of thought, I got to kind of keep it real. Um, in regards to the perimeter shooting, uh, one of the things that I think a lot of people have pointed out this season to me in reference to the season that you are having is that you aren't completing the three ball as efficiently as you have in years past, more specifically the last five seasons in which you have completed over 40% of your triples or higher for both the Utah Jazz and Philadelphia 76ers. Now, as it stands, I'm sure you don't, you know, you probably don't know this number, but you're at 35.2%, which is still pretty respectable, all things considered. Now, the question is, in your opinion, do players put a lot of emphasis on this type of thing? Like if you have a rough night from a mental standpoint, what helps you put it all behind you going into the next game? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is I'm focused on taking and making uh, good shots, right? Like I was telling someone the other night, I think you saw it on a, a clip. Mm -hmm. I forget what his name is. I put it up. But I didn't forget how to shoot threes when I came to Cleveland, right? You know, obviously – I want the ball to go in more. Um, but at the same time, like I'm going to continue to shoot the ball the way that I know how to shoot the ball. And it hasn't failed me yet. Um, there's still 29 games left. And uh, when, you, when you get paid to make threes, you start to creep up team scouting report. And, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, yes, I've missed some open ones, but it's not like people are just letting me stand there butt naked and shoot open threes. I, <laughs> I know that for sure. So um, there's a whole process that goes through, right? Yeah, it's called like gravity, right? Where right, right. you know guys, you know, shift towards you and don't help as much, so that other guys have opportunities to drive to the lane, like Darius, Evan, Ja, you know, Karis, that have more opportunities. And yes, I would love to, you know, be shooting for forty percent right now, but I'm not. But I also know that 
I'm a capable three-point shooter. And uh, over the course of my career, I've made a lot of threes. And I know I'm going to continue to make threes. So be at ease, everybody. When the moment (laughs) comes, I will be ready to continuously take and make shots. You know, that's what I've tried to tell a lot of people because I think the one thing that a lot of people do not understand, you know, the casual viewer, which is, you know, by and large, the, the the norm these days does not understand the gravity spacing, you know, how much gravity players such as yourself, um, Sam Merrill, most recently, Dean Wade, even Evan Mobley now, the gravity that is being generated off of these floor spacers out here, you know, whether or not you're making the shots or even if you are in a position to take them, defenses having to pay attention to you is is opening up the floor for other players. And this is an impact that regardless of if you are making shots, uh, you know, at a, at a high rate or not, this is something that still adds to the team. And I do feel like you have played a big role in that this year. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> no worries, man. Uh, that said, next one is kind of a two-party here. Um, first off, for our viewers out there, where did the nickname minivan originate from and did it, and, and how did that manage to stick? Oh, man, sometimes I wish I could shake it, but it it was kind of like self-appointed, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I've told the story a couple of times when I was in Utah, I had an opportunity to like go in in garbage time and have a dunk. And I like grossly like touched the rim and like laid the ball up and Joe Ingles got to lock back to the locker room and was like, what the heck was that? And I was like, listen, I know you guys are like Ferrari engines out there. I'm more like a minivan. I need a couple laps around the block before I get to top speed. And then everybody was like, oh, the minivan. Uh, and then it kind of ran with it. Then I started, they started making t-shirts with my head out the window of a minivan. So it was, uh, it was fun. It, I played along with it. And now Darius changed it to the G-Wagon. So do you prefer that more? Does that. that name suit you better? I guess so. I mean, if it's going <laughs> to have you, if it's going to have you giving me, uh, you know, better publicity, then I'll take it. I'll live with that. I'll live with that. I always wondered that. Um, And so last but not least, the question I have for you is that, you know, you guys, you're sitting at 36 and 17 on the season, which is good enough for second in the East and fourth best, if I'm not mistaken, in the NBA in general. Now, you weren't here, obviously, last season, but I'm sure you're aware and or have seen the way that the national media covers the Cavs. And because of last season's playoff collapse, Many national pundits refuse to give the Cavs the respect that, in my opinion, they deserve. Uh, Many fans honestly believe that they have to make it to a certain point in the postseason for this particular season to be considered a success. So with that in mind, what would constitute a successful finish to the season for you? I mean, I think every player goes in with this successful season being that we win a championship. I mean, that would be the only way where I would see it as being successful. I mean... What, like what are what are we playing for just to make it to the playoffs? I mean, I think that's how all of us think. I mean, Max came from a team that had been to the finals, um, you know, and I came from a team that made it to the second round. I didn't think that last year was a successful season. Uh, I don't think anybody on the Cavs last year thought it was a successful season. If you don't win, it's it's not successful. When sure there's like moral victories, like oh, we did a great job, we one in this or did this but no like all of us are striving to win a championship and nobody's stupid everybody saw what the parade looked like in cleveland when lebron 
you know, brought a championship back to Cleveland. Like who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Who wouldn't want to be remembered in uh, a top sports city, you know, for being a part of that fraternity of bringing a championship home? I think all of us are looking at that as, you know, that's what we want. And as for the getting the attention, cool. Like we'll ride under the radar. That's, that's fine. We, we're all guys that have been under the radar our whole career, you know, Donovan being underappreciated, Darius, Evan, J.A., uh, not being voted an all-star, you know, guys in their college NBA careers. Like, we all have guys that are, you know, go-getters, and that's not going to stop us. So, I mean, yes, it's unfortunate. I'm sure it would bring a lot of media attention if we played on TV more. But, you know, we're willing to go out there and show what we can do. And I think we've done that. And if they don't want to respect us, well, then we'll just have to keep popping them in the chin and and doing what we do and i think that's really just all we've been stressing this whole time is just let's continue to get better let's continue to grow let's continue how to figure out how we can maneuver all the pieces on this team to make it work and go win games and we're not trying to slow up anytime soon fair enough man um i lied i got one more for you do you believe just based off the season that donovan mitchell has been having do you think he should be in the mvp race Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, come on. I mean, I, you probably have his stats, but someone posted the other day, it was like 28 points, five or six rebounds, six assists. I don't know what he's shooting from three, but he's had, been on a tear. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. He, he's been phenomenal. And, you know, we're the second team in the East, fourth overall in the NBA. And we're just not, we're just going to look past that. <laughs> he hasn't, he's missed nine games. Like, so it's not like he's like, flirting with being ineligible for a postseason awards. He's been phenomenal. And that pains me because, you know, as a team getting national media, sure, whatever, who cares? Like it will win and make up for it then. But for like individuals that are, you know, have contract situations and, you know, money on the table because of all NBA, like I feel for those guys because, you know, those are accolades that put you in a category when you look 10 years down the road where someone's like, Oh my God, that person was MVP or they were all NBA. Like those things matter. And I think it's, you know, obviously I'm a firm believer. He's going to be all NBA. I think everybody, you yeah. know, can attest to that, but you know, MVP kind of puts you in a whole nother category and he deserves it because the kid works and he's worked since the day I met him. He's diligent. He's a pros pro shows up every day is a leader and does the right thing. And uh, that's all you can ask out of someone, um, you know, that is, has a lot of weight on his shoulders and is able to handle it all and continue to bring guys along with him uh, to help win games. Appreciate that, uh, that response, man. I feel like a lot of people, if you're outside of Cleveland for one, it's one thing for us as fans of the Cavaliers to sit back and watch what Donovan Mitchell has been able to do and being kind of the, you know, the, the head of the snake for, for most of the time here and, and being able to, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of um, carry the Cavs to, to a new height that we just didn't necessarily see last year. And I feel like we've been able to overcome so much adversity this year through his play. Um, make no mistake. It's not just Donovan, you know, everybody has played their role, but I feel like Donovan has just, he's been, he's taken his game to a next step this year. And I feel like he probably won't end up getting the MVP love that he deserves. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm sure he'd probably be the first person to tell you that as long as he wins, as long as the Cavaliers win, as long as you guys win, 
um, he can live with that. So I, I do appreciate that response, man. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. That being said, as I always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to me, you know how you can. It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you'd like to be added to the It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot, send a review to itscavalier53 at gmail.com, and I will send you an invite. Thanks again, George, for coming on, man. I, I truly do appreciate it. It's the experience of a lifetime for me. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. For sure.